Hey guys, welcome back to the Cut Light Smoke Podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com, and coming to you live from sunny Phoenix, Arizona in the Huddle Up Store studios. Today I have the final installment of our Haunted. Where's that? Where is it? Where is it? Is it up here? Where's it at? Oh, we got to stop this. Oh, where's it at? Where's it at? No, that's not it. 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 Ooh, the Haunted series. Do it one more time. Ooh, the, the Haunted series. So uh, I'm here with my son, Camden Reith. Cam, say hi, hi to the people. What's up, people? And uh, we're finishing our third installment of Haunted. And uh, what we have as a surprise for you is this is actually going to be turned into a book that I'm actually writing. And uh, that book is going to be called Haunted, A Pastor's Experience with the Demonic. And so my son is going to write the preface is it a preface or a preface? preface the, the preface, prologue, pre- preface, prologue. It? I don't know what it's going to be called, but Cam's going to have a hand in writing the very first part of it. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I have the cha- chapters outlined. I have the first chapter already written. I have some other things going on. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to send it to publishing and see what they think. Or actually, my wife is probably going to end up editing it. And uh, but we're going to be talking about some of those stories that are in the book. And we've talked about some of those stories already, but there's going to be some that we're going to bring back here and you're going to be able to commentate on them as somebody who went through them with me, right. you know, which will be kind of fun and uh, give your own, you know, kind of closure to this whole thing. But I- I'm not the only person. I mean, I'm not a writer. Let's just say that, you know, I'm, I'm not a writer, but I know somebody who is who's sitting to my left, who is a writer and you are a writer. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. I am not wrong. So my son is a writer actually. And my, probably my favorite, my favorite, book or series that you've worked on is uh procedure 17 is that the one yeah yeah, that's my favorite one yeah so procedure tell them the gist of procedure 17 i'm working on an eight book series right now i know i know about something that's way more interesting than procedure 17 really yeah i think Uh, it'll i think it could be the next star wars really level thing yeah okay i didn't know that okay i I didn't know that be the next star wars slash marvel slash like you know huge like saga that comes out. And you want to be able to sell that to Hollywood and get like a whole movie, do, movie deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you writing it for that purpose? Like thinking through that? No, that's, okay, that's okay. one thing that, um, I, I, I learned a while back is you never don't never write a screenplay, uh, disguised as a script or don't write a screenplay describe disguised as a book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you don't want to write a screenplay. Yeah, Cause play. then it, it comes off as rushed. It sounds you know the the dialogue is weird. Um, believe me, I the when I first started writing this this series when uh-huh. I was like fifteen, it, it did. I was writing it as if it was a screenplay. Uh huh. And you gotta remember that if it never makes it to this to the big screen, then it's gonna sound it's gonna come off as really weird. Right. In the way it's presented to the reader. Right. The reader's right. gonna be reading it as if it's a movie, and the the pace and the the way the story works for books and movies are completely different okay with a book you can have way more you know description and way more way way more things in a book um like people who've read the harry potter books and seen the movies have you guys ob- obviously know that the books they, they add so much more in the books than there are in the movies there there's way more in the books than the movies and the movies are kind of like the abridged version of the book okay so, okay okay yeah. I, yeah, it's a a book series about an interdimensional war. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's got it's got it's it's pretty awesome. Okay, okay, yeah. He's a confident. He's a confident young man. I know that. So I, I know he's creative as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing about the book. Can, can you give me one? 
give me what, what's the first book called or anything like the first you, book is called if it bleeds if it's it about, bleeds yes a, you have been writing that that's why i know that part. I, yeah. I finished it when i was 16 yeah um but i'm currently rewriting it because it sounds like it was written by a 16 year old okay um i just need to change a few things and okay and add, add a little bit more to the story but okay yeah that's what the first book is called the second book is called uh cold like steel Okay. Um, it, it follows the events of the Jericho Order, which is I'm not going to get into that, but okay, it's pretty it's pretty cool. And the next the next few books are uh, not named, but um, yeah, the, ne- the okay. next couple books aren't, aren't named. I haven't so if it bleeds so. and cold, cold like, like steel, steel. Yeah. okay. Well, you guys can watch out for those in the next coming years coming out by uh, the not the ghost author, but the actual author Camden Reith. And uh, my book will be alongside those shelves. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that my book will way outsell my son's book. I'm just making sure that it happens. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that well, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll a little friendly competition here in the family. So, mm-hmm. uh, so here's so as we get into it today, uh, I want to talk about the past experiences we had before. Kind of recap what we had for the for the people on there, and then give them the book outline. And then I want to hear your remembrances of things in the outline. And there's some of the stuff that you're going to remember more than I will. Right. Uh, but I will not remember half of, of the stuff that you will, as you did when you were a kid. Yeah. So we talked about how this whole thing started, you know, probably from me messing around with a Ouija board. Yeah. And then it probably stayed on there because you did too back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Cam. Yeah. So you, you brought the generational curse. I was here. a curious kid. You were a curious I mean, kid and you started playing with, you know, Ouija I boards. Been playing with. I knew yeah, that. exactly. Have you heard, have you heard of this new, uh, this new movie coming out that they're telling you not to even watch a trailer about? What's it called? The Pope's Exorcist. I have seen clips of it. Have you? Yeah. So I, there's, a, there's a bunch of YouTubers out there right now saying that Christians shouldn't even watch clips of it or shouldn't watch any kind of thing about it because they say it's really demonic. Really? So the first thing I did is watch the trailer. So right, yeah. <laughs> I, you have to. You can't say, yeah, yeah. I'll be the judge if it's demonic or not or, or something like that. So uh, I, I guess I guess the the premise of the book, the premise of the movie, it it goes through um, the history of the archdiocese, the, the Catholic Church's most popular uh, and prolific exorcist. Uh, his name was John, uh, Father Something. I can't remember what it was, but he has over a hundred thousand exorcisms he's had. And uh, but but ninety eight percent of the people that he's met were not possessed. They were just mentally ill. Yeah, yeah. So the other two percent were possessed, mm-hmm. and he actually did you know exorcisms to him. And so it was really interesting to hear that like what's the word to hear people be so scared of that so do you did you see any of that at all i i saw a clip on uh, on tiktok of uh it stars uh noah or uh, russell crow russell crow yeah sorry he played noah um yeah, he did yeah, that's I, right I that's that right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah russell crow he uh he, he he's talking to this possessed little boy and um he he's kind of it seemed like he was like playing around with the demon like mm-hmm. like like taunting it oh and yeah yeah he yeah. was like he was he was saying stuff like um like 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 oh you know you're not powerful or, or stuff like that i don't remember fully so i remember the clip that you're talking about and yeah. i saw the same clip yeah. the clip is really horrifying and, and the, yeah. the the demon in the boy was saying stuff like 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 he was getting pissed off he was like he's like you know who do you think you are you know you know just cursing at him and, and right just right saying everything he can to him and then uh like what oh uh russell crowe the exorcist he he says uh he says jesus name 
and uh, the demon gets freaked out. And he says, "Do not say that name," you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like shut up, you know, and right because he, right. he got so mad when he said that. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Well, the the clip that I saw that was pretty. I think why people are upset about it is because it it really paints it it because at the end of it they take a lot of liberty with what happened with possessions and at the end of the movie uh father so and so actually gets possessed himself i believe really you know so something like that so the thing that i thought was horrific about what i saw not horrific in the sense of like I, you know I, I i'm not saying you should watch it or you shouldn't watch it but uh what i thought was weird is um russell crowe in one of those parts was telling the demon in the name of jesus you can't do that and then the demon picks up a, a girl and breaks her neck in midair what? and throws her across the room. And, she, and he goes, you mean like that? And then that was something that I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So that's something that Hollywood's not done is they've not, they've not. Well, let me just say this. It's not something very popular in Hollywood to say that the devil can override God right. when it's coming to exorcism, exorcisms and, and so on and so forth. But what I did find is that exorcism, that the, the exorcist that that movie is based on, um, he did have all those experiences that were kind of crazy, where he would yeah. taunt demons, is he'd he make still, fun of them. Is he still alive? No, he died. He died yeah. like two years ago, I think, or maybe this past year. Um, I think it was 2019 is when he died. Yeah. Um, he did this. The very last exorcism he did is very wide known. You can see it on YouTube and everything else like that. After he was done, the lady had to get met again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really interesting because... Like I thought, I think that angle that Hollywood's taking is is really interesting because they're saying like, you know, what if a, a priest couldn't couldn't control a demon? What right. if a pastor or a Christian couldn't control a demon? Yeah. And I, I think that, that there's a little bit of like a little 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 dangerous area you're treading on. I mean, first you don't want to try to control demons, and you don't want to play with them, yeah. you know, and you don't want to disrespect them. It's kind of like you know, know your enemy if you would. Uh, but you don't want to, you know, disrespect somebody. If you're going to get into a, you know, an argument or a fight with somebody, you better know your enemy's, you know, weakness, yeah, you know, weaknesses and, and strength. And so, um, so I, I think that's that, that's interesting. So, so <clears throat> with that, so here, here's the question: Can you say that your generation believes to this day that people can be possessed? Oh. I think it's very evenly split. I'm not going to lie. Really? I've heard okay. so many different things from so many different people. And you got to remember, you know, at my job, I, I talk to like, I, I talk to like, like hundred, like a hundred people a day. And I, Ooh, you know, yeah. And they're all telling me these different things. And, um, I've heard different beliefs about, this, about, you know, this, that same topic. And, right. uh, they, you know, you know, it's it's pretty evenly split. They they think it's either you know, mental illness or right, right, genuine right. demonic possession. Right. But some people have never experienced strange things like things moving or any kind of like spiritual warfare or anything like that in uh-huh. their lives. So they they don't know they don't know what it is. They don't know how to attribute that to that. So right, right, right. And so when they how do they, how do you, how do you think they categorize it when they do experience it? What do you mean categorize it? How do you think they they categorize spiritual supernatural things happening around them when they do experience it? Because it happens all the time, right? In, in, in different ways. Like, I think I think they try to. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard people say that. I've, I've heard people people say that it's aliens or the government. You know, trying to trying to make us 
believe in this stuff to divert our our attention to something else, you know. What benefit would that be for the government to make us believe in well, if they demons believe, and angels, if, if that if uh, they if we, you know, if we believe in demons and angels, we might, you know, our our attention might be turned away from the aliens, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean yeah. I mean I don't know. That's the right, thing. Right, right, like, right. Okay. You never know. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's possible that'd be a government conspiracy type thing. Yeah, but I don't think it's a government government conspiracy. You know, right, right, right. It, of it, course, everybody's got their got their theories. Sure. All over the place. I've heard the wildest ones. Or I've heard the dumbest ones. And what's the wildest one you heard? Wildest one I heard about this. Yeah. <sighs> interdimensional beings coming in. Yeah. And, yeah. That's probably the wildest one I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Is interdimensional beings, uh, fourth dimensional beings, which you know, if you think about it, it's not that wild, you know. Sure. Sure. Like, like, you know, we don't a hundred percent know mm-hmm. anything, you know, you know, as very earthly beings, you know, mm-hmm. and these are things outside of our understanding, you know. So let me let me kick let me I don't know if you've seen this or not. I was gonna I was gonna save the video and I was gonna send it to you because it was on TikTok the other day. And it was really interesting, very interesting about this. So let me let me kick you what was happening. There was a guy who came up and you know, I it, it, he comes up and he goes, Have you ever heard of this? You know, and he gets and he gets in, he's kind of entering the video. Yeah. And uh, it's a possessed woman, okay, who was possessed, and a priest is asking her, asking the demon at the point, um, what are you doing? And he starts saying something that I knew from Bible college, but I don't think people ever heard this term. What do you start saying? He started start talking about the term pharmaceutai. And the word pharmaceutai is the transliterated word from Hebrew that we use for, that in Hebrew is sorcery. We transliterate it pharmaceutai, which means pharmacy. Okay. Yeah. And as he's talking, he said, and, the, and the, the, the priest went, why did you use that word in Hebrew? And he, and he goes, he goes, it's our plan. It's our plan. And the demon goes, what are, you, what are you talking about? And the priest goes, what, you, what, what plan? And he goes, using drugs, it's our plan. And what's fascinating is the, the term sorcery in Hebrew, we've transliterated it phar- pharmaceutai, if you would. Okay, so we get our word pharmacy, okay? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, that drugs and everything else do to you, essentially, is it puts you in a state to where you can be heavily influenced by the demonic in particular, yeah, heavily influenced. Like for example, something that drugs do essentially. Let's say let's take the big ones like heroin, crack, cocaine, those kind of things. Right? Yeah. yeah. They put you in a state of you know almost like a nominal bliss. Or people are messing with uh, shrooms, DMT, and uh, um, what's the other one? Um, LSD, if you would. That that people are doing. And and one of the things I think that's interesting is a lot of people are doing this. And Rogan talks about this all the time. He, he did a DMT trip, ayahuasca things like that, which are, uh, it's actually a plant in the desert uh, that can take you into this weird mind trip where people quote unquote, see God. Yeah. I, Have you heard that or? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who, but I, I've had a couple friends who have, you know, tripped on shrooms before mm-hmm. and they, they say it's the happiest they've ever been. They say it's, mm-hmm. you know, they feel safe. They, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a panic-inducing drug, you know. Right, like they right. felt safe. They didn't. They didn't see God or anything. But sure, sure. Everything was just happy, and everything was, you know, funny, and you know, everything was nice to you. Is what like your surroundings were nice to you, you know. Right, hundred percent. So, so would you agree though that just because somebody has a happy experience with something, it doesn't always mean it's good? 
yeah, yeah, I I, I can agree that. Because, like, well, like, because ecstasy can be right one of the best drugs you're ever going to use. Not just that, but like the high that you can get from like cocaine or oh like sure, heroin. Like absolutely, it can feel really good. But yeah, you know, it'll it'll really mess you up. So like, obviously, that's it's a thing that feels good, but it's not good for you. Did you hear about Robin Williams? And and his it, this this video is making around. It, it's his. It's one of his co-stars from Miss Doubtfire. And he was talking, mm-hmm. it was the kid in Miss Doubtfire yeah. uh, that Robin Williams would, after he was done with Miss Doubtfire, he would go back to his trailer and just sit there holding his head. And the, and the kid would come in saying, hey, Robin, just want to say hi and thanks for shooting. Yeah. And he would just sit there with his head down. And he, the kid was like, what's wrong? And he was like, never use cocaine. The last, it's, he, he stopped using it five years, I guess, before he started doing Miss Doubtfire and stuff like that. He says, it wrecked the way I think. Yeah. And all I do is think depressing thoughts now, like because your your brain is so high and it's it's producing so much um, dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. Yeah. that it cannot produce that until start. And once it's producing to that level of dopamine and that good of, good of a feeling, eventually it can't continue to produce it without the cocaine. Right. And so all of a sudden you have to you become cocaine addicted for life, and your your mind gets set to that if you don't stop. And even when you do stop. There's that as well, the depressing thoughts. And man, yeah. if you if you if you bring that in the whole spiritual warfare thing, who doesn't who won't have a absolute heyday with you mm-hmm. if you know you're depressed and everything else like that, and the enemy just wants to take you out, and he's it's easy to do, just right. make you think, hey, you can end all this pain right now just by killing yourself. Mm-hmm. You can end it all right now just by killing yourself. And so as a result of that. What ends up happening is, you know, people experiment stuff. But here's the thing about pharmaceutical. The, the thing about this video I was telling you about is this, this demon was telling the priest, this is our plan to get people hooked on drugs. Because really, when it comes to, you know, heroin and all this other stuff, none of that is nearly as addicted as, like, pain pills. Yeah. Like, pain pills are used more by anything. And, like, the pharmacy. Really? Oh, yeah. The pharmacy. Pain pills are addicted. Pain pills are addicting? I, I did not. I, I genuinely did not know this. No, okay. Not like Advil and stuff like that. Not Advil and Tylenol. Oh, well, like CBD or something. No, 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 no. Um, stuff like Oxycontin. You, you ever heard oh, of Oxycontin? Oxy, yeah, yeah. Oxy and um, Xanax. Xanax, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, is, is really, you know, yeah, addicting. Yeah, people, people were doing that when I was in, like, when I was like a sophomore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kids were like doing that when I was 100%. Tramadol. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of other ones out there. Anyways, and there's... The whole point of this in this in this exorcism thing is this demon was literally confessing to the priest, our whole deal is to get people so numb so they can't think about God. Mm-hmm. So they can't so when you're in that that state of happiness or that state of numbness or whatever it is, right. you're not thinking or concerned about God or anything else like that. Yeah. And think and life's just happening to you. You're not being you're not being disciplined about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing, which is kind of crazy. So uh you've not seen that video? I have not. Okay, that'd be that'd be an interesting thing for you to see and, and react to, you know, in particular to see what you think about about that. So, but when it comes when it comes to your generation, in that, do you think more of them are concerned about any of this kind of stuff, or they're just more concerned with just trying to get through college life and everything else like that? I think they're more concerned about trying to get through college and life, and you know, just reaching success. I think is the biggest concern with their life, and I think that stress will usually lead them to do all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All Which right. Which makes it easier. Right. You know, life is hard, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, don't get, you don't get life easy. Right. And, well, some people do, but we're going to talk about that. Most people don't. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't. Yeah. And 
you know, it sucks, but it's just the way it is. You know, I wish we could all be billionaires. Yeah. But if everyone's billionaires, no one's a billionaire. You know? Right, right, right. But, so we got to do it ourselves. And, um, yeah, and, and that, that stress and, you know, especially with social media now, you see really successful people um, just building more success off of people's sadness who want oh. to be, be just like them, you know. And it's now out there more than ever. And, you know, people notice the real scale of wealth and, and what the power can get you. And I think that could really drive some people to get, like, really, you know, deep into these uh, this substance abuse and, you know, ultimately, like, what we're talking about, suicide and stuff like that. Sure, so. sure, sure. You can des- definitely see it's part of the plan, yeah. you know, to, to make the human race numb and, and not care and yeah. not think and so on and so forth. And now we have things called, like, ash- ashwagandha. Ashwagandha? Ashwagandha. I've heard of that. Um, it's it, What is that? It, it is a natural herb. Okay. It's a supplement. Okay. Um, essentially what it is is it, you take it, and it, it does help with, like, energy and, um, like, if you want to build muscle and, you know, basically getting in shape. A lot of bodybuilders use it. Um, people, okay. Like fitness people use it. The problem is... It yeah, is, it's available it, it at numbs, Amazon. It, it <laughs> numbs any form of emotion that you have. What? I have met a couple people who who routinely take ashwagandha, and it's really popular among like like college kids. Um, really? Yeah. It numbs their emotion. It really numb. It numbs the emotion, uh, the emotional centers of the brain. Um, yeah, I, I've met. Yeah, it's an anti-anxiety. It says. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it will make them not care about anything. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I thought, and, it's, and you know, you can just buy this at the store. Yeah, you can. You can buy yeah. it right now. Yeah. I thought about getting it uh-huh. because I wanted to, it, it takes away the stress. It's, you know, it takes away your stress and everything like that. Yeah. But, you know, at the cost of, it takes away all stress and all, like, care or emotion about, about, about things that you should care about. You know, like you'll be hardworking, you'll, you'll get everything done and, and everything like that, but you'll lose all your emotion and you won't care. I can't create it. without emotion. I can't like emotion exactly. makes me care to create. Exactly. Does it make sense? Like yeah. that to do podcasts like this and talk about interesting subjects, things like that. Yeah. Like that. That's so if I was on ashwagandha, you're saying I would just be like, let's talk about spiritual no, you, warfare. You'd, you'd probably, you know, you, you would probably be really excited to do it and, and everything. I'm just talking about like. I've seen it specifically with social lives, right? You know, you hang out with your friends, you, yeah. your girlfriend, wife, whatever, and um, you're taking ashwagandha. You don't really care about your girlfriend, you know. You know, you you enjoy her, you enjoy having her around and everything, but you don't really care. You know, you're like whatever. You know, let's say she she cheated on you, she broke up with you. Have you ever tried it? No. Okay. I've never tried ashwagandha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend was very. Very, uh, she was she was very adamant that I'd never take it. Okay, good. Because good. And I, I agree with her. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, not feel anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just kind of numbs your mind. Okay. And um, so maybe it is good for people who are who are dealing with high stress or high anxiety. I I don't think it's worth it though. Yeah. But if you're if you it really if it really is that high of stress, then yeah, go for it. Well, all, all the mushrooms and cocaine, heroin, and everything else put aside, I'm not making light of it. I'm just being, you know, trying to move on to the next thing. So, uh, 
when when it comes to so when it comes to the, the book that we're going to put out here in, in a second and you know it's 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 forthcoming how do you think your generation will respond to this kind of stuff? Do you think they'll respond to it as more fantasy or as in definitely fantasy? Really? It'll be put yeah. in the fantasy aspect of it. Uh, I think that, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll draw, you know, I think there, I think there's a fan base around this thing. Really? Uh, okay. yeah, there's a fan base, not in the sense of respect that it's real, but fantasizing that, Oh, this is so cool. You know, something is abnormal in the world. And when things are abnormal, it's awesome when pe- to people, Okay. You know? Okay. Like if there was, you know, like if they, like you see how people treat UFOs, right? Right. U- right. UFO oh, yeah. sightings, oh, like yeah. that. They think it's awesome. They're like, oh, it's so cool. You know, I think the same exact thing can be can be said about um about this kind of stuff about spiritual warfare and stuff uh-huh. like that. Okay. Yeah. So that you think people will fan fan base it and they'll Absolutely. be like, this fan is gonna base be- it, fantasize, you know, or like make it a fantasy. You'd be like, okay. oh, you know, that's so cool. It's a it's a battle that we can't see. You know. Okay, because okay. we you know we live in a world of uh, you know fantasy. You know we have mm-hmm. movie movies. We've always had movies that. Have I think fantasy. that's one. That I think that's one of the things that the reason I want to write this is because I think that's. I've always thought that ever since maybe I be, you know I became a Christian that like, all of this stuff to me has been real, and so I didn't have to. I didn't. Have, I didn't. I guess I didn't respect fantasy stuff all that much. I saw Lord of the Rings and everything else like that. I'm like that's kind of fun, you know. Or Harry Potter. I was like. I never. I didn't see Harry Potter until like what last year or something like that. I think was it Harry last? Potter. No, yeah, Harry Potter. The last Harry Potter movie was in 2011. No, but I didn't see it. Remember, I didn't respect oh, you it. Didn't, yeah, you didn't see it until like last year. Yeah, last year is the first time I saw Harry Potter. Yeah. The, I, to the and whole that, end. And then, and then when you saw it, you were like, "Oh, this is awesome." The end of it was. Yeah, the end of it, I thought pretty was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, the, the final battle, the wizards, and yeah. everything else like that. That was pretty fun. Uh, but like, so for me, reality is much more important than fantasy. But I, I think it's really interesting to say that, you know, people are going to put this in a category of fantasy Absolutely. when they hear about it, you yeah. know. And I think that's what's, that's what's weird about talking about it for me is that I think that people, like, a little bit when we talk about this kind of stuff, man, I think people get like, this is, he needs to be in a mental hospital. This is kind of weird. You know, it gets kind of crazy and everything else like that. So that to me, it's kind of. Even just sharing the stuff, I'm like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of crazy, you know. So yeah. Well, let me share the let me share the chapter outline and, and and tell me if tell me what what road you want to go down, okay? Tell me what road. Like, hey, I want to talk about that. Maybe the first the first few chapters, I don't think you're going to be able to talk about because you weren't born yet. Right. So the first chapter is Ouija board invites, you know, playing with a Ouija board. Okay, that's chapter one. Chapter two is strong men scare easy. That was the demon in the bedroom that I saw and it was yeah. kind of crazy. It's a long story. Uh, chapter three, youth group kid has a demon. I think I told you about that at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter four involves your mom and I, how we met, um, talk shows, um, and love. Uh, inv- inviting my wife into my haunted life is what I put down in there. And that's, I, I, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but my wife and I, I I'm going to mention some people that you know for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, your mom, uh, and I, were, I was invited to a talk show to tell my story about the whole demon in the bedroom thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I went up to Akron, Ohio. On the way up there, I stopped in Columbus to hang out with Pete Stadler. Oh, I love and, Pete. Yeah, and your and your mom came with me. Your mom came with me. We were just friends at the time, and Pete was yelling at me that I wasn't dating her, and Lori was yelling at mom why why was she dating me? And yeah, and I was like, well, I don't know. We're just friends. And your mom accompanied with me on the talk shows in the green room. We were talking about everything. It was really really fun, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And on the way home, we kind of were like, I think we're a thing, sort of. I think we need to talk about this. And the next day was your mom, like, give me the lowdown, like, hey, we either need to get this thing figured out or, like, uh, <laughs> not hang out as much. And uh, luckily it worked out for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know about your mom. Uh, chapter five is called The Blair Witch Awakening, which is uh, when the Blair Witch movie came out, 
Uh, there were lots of copyrights and lots of stuff where people mix fantasy with reality. Mm-hmm. They started talking about like this. Because that was around the same time that found footage movies became real. A hundred percent. Which really, yeah. I, and I am such a sucker for found footage films. I, I love them a lot. And I right? Think, I think, I think that the acting and I think it's very compelling because the acting, a lot of it is uh, improv. That's the thing. That's, that's right. why it seems so real. Right. Is that a lot of it's, a lot of it is improv and, you know, it's, it's held through a special camera and we're used to seeing things now in the age of YouTube and stuff like that through a video camera. So we can kind of relate to it in that sense, you know, and I think like, like movies like Chronicle, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh yeah. Chronicle and Chronicle, uh, Project Almanac, uh, Cloverfield was, Cloverfield was great. Humongous when it came out, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, and especially, uh, Paranormal Activity. Oh, that was huge. A yeah. huge deal. And I yeah. think I think those movies kind of like really captured. Except for the ending, I'd say Paranormal Activity was probably the most accurate movie I've seen outside yeah. Emily Rose. Uh, then yeah. it started getting into like time travel stuff. It was, yeah, it was weird. It was yeah, it was weird. weird. Yeah, but, you know, the first movie, you know, kind of nailed it pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well. Except the ending. Uh, except I didn't, the ending. Yeah, where like, the guy gets yeah. thrown at the camera. Yeah, that's right, kind of weird. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Like little, like, you know you know bumps in the night that that was pretty that was pretty accurate the running up the stairs type stuff yeah running up the stairs um hearing whispers oh yeah 100 percent. yeah stuff like that yeah the part where she's standing there and something moves her hair yeah yeah that kind of stuff yeah Yeah, that was like sheets moving so like that oh sure oh sure absolutely so that was a blair which way uh children make it personal i'm talking about savannah's monster Savannah's monster yeah remember the monster was outside your door and savannah saw that the eight foot tall uh wolf creature right yeah. and you told me you saw that later you told me that you saw that running around downstairs well you didn't tell I don't me remember this well here's the weird thing so first off i don't know if you how remember telling that? me how old was i okay we were in dublin so let's say you were probably about what nine eight or nine uh well we when we were in dublin i was about probably like six or seven six or seven then yeah so I, I don't remember this that's the thing so this is interesting because you told me uh, I remember as your dad because all this other weird stuff was happening in the Dublin house. Yeah. Right? Okay, and we'll get to that chapter, but all stuff was happening in the Dublin house. It's interesting because you had never told me that you'd never told Savannah never told me the story about the monster outside her door. Outside your door. Yeah. She I guess you guys she told all you guys about yeah, it. Yeah, she told me and Matt. Yeah. And so what's fascinating, and by the way, Savannah of all of my children does not lie. Okay, yeah, she doesn't make up anything or anything like that. Even when she's in trouble for something, she just breaks down crying. I'm like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't yeah, have said that. You she's know, like a genius. Yeah, and she's she's pretty amazing. And let's just say the boys in our family can can have some long tail tall tale stories of you know, I was a boy, I did, yeah, I would lie through my teeth to get out of oh, something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. And I've seen, I've yeah. caught Cam more more times where I'm like, yeah. is this yours? I have no idea. What like you're that about. one time, like that one time, <laughs> I faked being, I faked getting a concussion at school. To so come I, home, so I could go home. <laughs> yeah. And you you knew I was lying, and yeah. you were, you were driving me back home, and you're like, "All right, buddy, I'm gonna take you to the to the doctor, and they're gonna inject you in the brain with a certain <laughs> with a certain yeah. you're, they, no, you didn't not in the brain. You just told me they were gonna inject me with a certain medicine that if my if my uh, I really didn't have if I didn't have a concussion, it was gonna kill me. <laughs> but if I did have a concussion, did I I'd, say that? Yeah, if I did have a concussion, I'd be fine. And I'd be like, I was like, I was like. Well, Dad, I think I'm okay. I'm feeling a lot better now. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, Cannon, be real with me. Were you faking to get out of school? I'm like, yeah, I was. And I think like, I just took you home. And yeah, you just took me watch home movies or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, you're like, you're like, if you wanted to go, if you wanted me to pick, if you wanted to go home, you just tell me. Right, right, and I was right. Like, I was like, Mom would never let me, but yeah, yeah. 
Dad, dad's a little, little less lenient than mom in our family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. So that that's the thing with was so Savannah. Savannah told you guys that story. You told me when we were in Dublin, you saw something like a wolf man running around in the basement. I do not remember this. Okay, so you don't remember that that hot scene? Well, no, that. no, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing that. And I okay, don't, remember don't worry about you. it. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. Um, no, like I, I obviously I told you that. You did tell me. Yeah. But I, that's yeah. the weird thing. I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, you told me, 100%. That's yeah. really creepy. The one thing I have going for me is I have a mind like a steel trap. Right. I remember everything. Yeah, so that's the only way I got through college. I remembered everything. So, but like, And mom. Yeah. And mom, yes, mom helped me through college. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Welcome. Blowing me up on, 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 the, on, the, uh, on the podcast. Don't, that's forget, good. don't forget mom. Don't forget mom. Editing and revising. She literally did. I, was, I had a 2.0 when I got married. And after that, that was my freshman year, and I married your mom between my freshman and sophomore year. And then after that, it was a three point four all the way through. Yeah, just because mom wouldn't let me turn in bad papers. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna she look at what you papers. wrote. Yeah, I had to write five papers a week. It was, it was awful, dude. It was just college was there. So okay, so chapter seven is sunsets and sleep paralysis. Moving to Phoenix and mm-hmm. our first experience here in Phoenix and everything else like that. And that's a lot of sleep paralysis, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, church. Pl- Chapter eight is church planting with a target on my back, yeah. and that's Arbor Court. That's uh, Dublin, and all the crazy stuff that happened. What's the craziest thing in Dublin that you remember? Craziest thing in Dublin, there. or is there anything? You don't have to make something up. Just was I don't there anything? Really, I don't really remember anything happening in Dublin. Really? Okay. I mean, I was I was young and I wasn't really paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. You should ask Savannah though. Savannah remembers. Yeah, yeah, I know Savannah remembers a lot of things, but and we'll have Savannah on the podcast. She's coming in Sunday. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, Sunday, I don't really, yeah. yeah, I don't really remember anything because you know I was occupied with my own fears. I was afraid of werewolves for a while, and mm-hmm. obviously there's no such thing as werewolves. But yeah, I don't really remember anything. Okay, supernatural happening at the Dublin house. Okay, other than apparently I told you that there's a thing running around. In the you know, basement. it'd be great. I don't know if we can do this. I mean, with you, Savannah, and Madeline to sit down at, at the podcast table because we're, we're literally sitting at the at the video table right now yeah but to sit the podcast table and have all three of you guys around uh-huh. telling your side of the same story it's almost like the gospels where you have jesus doing the same thing three different three different stories from mm-hmm. the same same encounter yeah and see what people think or what they what they remember and so on and so forth that'd be just really interesting to me. yeah it'd be really cool um all right so my wife hears, hears voices you know, that's the first time mom said she was in the 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 house in Phoenix mm-hmm. at John Cabot and somebody said her voice very distinctly. Yeah, behind her. Yeah, behind her. And she turned around. Nobody was there. And she thought somebody whispered it or something like that. And no, it, it sounded like someone said, Jamie, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, and she, just, she said it wasn't a whisper. It was like someone said it. Which which is really interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and I've, yeah, the, they call them disembodied spirits, disembodied voices, things like that. You know, uh, it definitely was spiritual warfare, in my, in my opinion. Uh, school spirit gone awry. That's your mom's experiences working for the public school system. Yeah, with all the crazy stuff that went on there. Was, How many death know. threats she have? Well, it, it didn't help that I went to the school that my mom taught at. Right. And um, yeah, we were good. Yeah, she got like four death threats. Yeah, it was. And, and when and it was funny because the te- the the administration would go in here go in and view her class and she was doing great right and they're like why are these kids she freaking just, out she just she was like no nonsense she didn't tolerate you right know, you know bad kids basically and if you did something bad you got disciplined that's the from way your it was. so from your mom's perspective she put this in there 
from your mom's perspective, she was, she thought this was a real big spiritual warf- warf- warfare thing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is another way that you know the enemy attacks somebody or something like that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So that's that's your mom. Uh, exchanging the pulpit for a cigar lounge, and that's the cigar warehouse story when I first got involved with Cigar Warehouse yeah. TNT. Um, and the stuff that happened down there. I think I told you about the stuff happening down there with yeah. people freaking out and you know chairs rolling around. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, cigar cigars falling off top shelves that were like that's the that, They're like pushed back all the way. And, I, and I'll say this like it would be and just to be quite honest, it's like that those boxes that you see over there in front of you that are perfectly stacked. Yeah. Moving and, and being thrown around. Really? I've seen that before. That's weird. Yeah, at Cigar Warehouse. I've definitely seen that was kind of crazy. Uh, and then uh, Addict, <laughs> Addict Bangs and Hell's Kitchen, and this is the Arbor, this is the uh, Janus Way House, mm-hmm. uh, where we're at, or, or where we were at, where we saw the drawer come out. Yeah. Okay, and the Addict. And what I would hear in the Addict continually is different bangs and scuttles all the time at night. Yeah. All the time. And I check, we would check up there. There was no rats. We go up there anything. continually, yeah. There and, were no rats anywhere. We never saw any rats anywhere. Right, no. Yeah. And so we, I kept hearing it sounded like somebody moving up there and at night I would literally be freaking out just being like, what in the world yeah, is that? Wake me up all the time at like three, like around like 3 a.m. Right. hundred percent. Like, Cam, did you hear that? Did you hear that in the attic? There's something like, above, yeah, something above us right now. I wanted you to go up there and get in there. Cause I was freaking out. I didn't want to yeah, go up there. Yeah. Send, send, send the, the kid, kid in, send the yeah. kid in, you know, give him a shotgun. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. and then hell's kitchens happen to be with the drawer shooting out and everything else like that. Yeah. Chapter, chapter 14. This is kind of where we are now. And at chapter 14 will be, it's finally over. Like, for example, do you feel like the spiritual warfare aspect of life is not nearly as intense as it was before? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have not experienced uh, anything since, yeah, since, we I, moved, think moved, dra- I think like the drawers. The mo- well, Since we moved to the new house. Yeah, since we moved to the new house, right? I have not experienced one single thing. Okay. At okay. all. Okay. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think. Or it's, why do you think? Yeah, I, I think that it's honestly. I don't know because mm-hmm. it makes me wonder what it means. You know, right? Like maybe it's building up to something big, or it, I think it's a good thing personally because that's exactly where I was going. That that's going to lead up to a big thing. Yes. Yeah. I I think that there's there's a, uh, and the stuff that we've had happen here, and we, we talked about the you know cigar warehouse stuff, and we talked about uh, not cigar warehouse, but we talked about the Zeal cigars. We've had some. You know, some crazy stuff here. Justin seeing something and part-time Dave seeing something and everything else like that. Um, my question is, is it leading up to something more? Is yeah. it is it coming up or is it affecting other people in different ways that we don't know about? So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's the that's the gist of the book and everything else. Like, that's the gist of what, what's, what's going to go on. Here's my question for you, and we'll, we'll finalize on this. If you were to sum up this area of your life, the supernatural, in one word, what would you say? First word came to your head. Tedious. Wow. Tedious. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just, it was tedious, and it, it, it took up, it occupied a lot of my mind. Okay, okay. It made, it made it hard to think sometimes. Right, right. It made it hard to focus because I was always worried. Okay, yeah. Worried about what was going to happen next, and, you know, of course, I was in school, so it was, yeah. it was annoying and tedious that I had to worry about that in school and, you know, everything it, yeah it was annoying 
Yeah, and being out of school now. Yeah, being yeah, out of school. It's, yeah. a, it's a little different, different, little different story. So, well, guys, that's been uh, the time. This is the third installment with my time with Canon going over uh, the Haunted series, uh, if you would. Uh, the Haunting of the Wreath Family, which is kind of fun. Uh, it will be turned into a book uh, released later on at some point, and it'll be called Haunted, A Pastor's Experience with the Demonic. So big shout-out to Camden. Thank you so much for coming today. For I appreciate me. it. Whoops, sorry, wrong one. Nope, nope. Yay, thank you for coming today. Okay, thank you, 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 thank you. And uh, what we want to do is uh, give you the opportunity to respond. So do us a favor and send us an email at cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we, yeah, and we uh, thank you so much for joining us. Cam, say goodbye, people. Later, everybody. Peace, everybody.